0: Welcome into Tennessee Talk. I am Noah McKay, joined by my guy, Chase Hoke. We're a little late this week, but we're here. Forgive us, it was fall break. We were all over the place trying to line up when we can record, but we're finally here. It's Thursday, and we got a lot to talk about today, particularly Tennessee Vols. But first off, follow us on Twitter, at TNTalkPod. Like us on Facebook, Tennessee Talk. Go give us five stars and subscribe to us on iTunes. We appreciate all the support you guys give us every week. We're going to keep bringing it to you. So let's get right into it. Chase, Chase, how are you doing today?
1: Man, I'm doing great. Uh, it's obviously been a few days, but the Vols, they finally got an SEC win. They took down the number 21 ranked Auburn Tigers in a game nobody thought we would, we were going to pull out. I didn't think we were going to win. I nope. thought we might cover the 18-point spread. Mm-hmm. Done a lot better than that. <laughs> we won. Garantano looked great. The running game looked good. Defense looks like they're stepping up and they're growing. It's a great time to be a fan. Yeah, it definitely is. Um,
0: Tennessee gets it done 30-24 to 24 at Auburn. They're not going to go 3-9 and nine barring an Absolutely awful upset against Charlotte, which I don't think either of us think is going to happen. And it was absolutely a statement win for Jeremy Pruitt. And I'm reminded of something that I've been thinking, and I couldn't remember if I said it or not, but I'll say it again. If you look at the Titans' losses, or Titans, wow. (laughs) The Titans' losses, too. We're going to look at those later. But the Vols' losses. So they lose to West Virginia. Pretty good this season. They lose to Florida, who's apparently pretty good this season. We just didn't realize it. They lose to Georgia, who is Georgia. So those are three losses that unless you're playing elite football, which the Vols are not doing, they don't have elite-level talent, you're going to lose those games. Then you go and you beat Auburn. That's a big win, and I think that the players can get behind that. Now the problem you're going to have is who you run into next week. But first, and you mentioned it, Jarrett Garantano. Uh, they absolutely opened this offense up, and it was something that we kept on asking for. And his performance earns him in National Player of the Week, I mean, and he deserved it. He was sensational. And it was because they finally let him throw the ball down the field to Jennings and Callaway over and over and over again, converting third downs by throwing it down the field and spreading the defense out. Uh, It would look like a completely different offense, to be honest with you. And Garantano rewarded the coaches for trusting him and just threw the ball all over the field.
1: Yeah, he actually looked like he belonged in the SEC. It looked like yep. a looked like a high-powered offense. The one thing that has me a little bit worried is it felt like it was third and eight or third and longer a lot. Yeah, well, that's because they couldn't run the ball at all. Well, exactly, but when that's not working, you have to be able to – I'd like to see them open it up a little bit more on first downs mm-hmm. instead of just being so predictable because it's going to be hard, especially moving on in the season, especially against Alabama this coming week, it's going to be hard to convert – third and long consistently, and it's hard to do that any week regardless. It just happened to be working last week for us and we were able to pull out the win. Yeah, I think it, it particularly worked
0: because Auburn had never seen Tennessee do that on film. Tennessee hadn't done it. And again, third and longs, they would just have conservative play calling so far this season, but not on Saturday. On Saturday, they were really opening it up and just consistently throwing it down the field, which I don't think Auburn expected, and the thing you're going to have now is if you continue to do that and not be effective running the ball, and then you throw the ball down the field, now teams are going to be preparing for that. So, they're going to try to take that away from you. You're going to have to find other ways to convert third down besides just that one fly route down the field over and over and over again. But, Props to the coaching staff for seeing that that was going to be a hole that they could exploit in the Auburn defense. And props to JG for making the correct throws and putting the ball on the money consistently and the wide receivers going up and catching the ball. At a certain point in football, somebody's got to make a play. And a whole lot of players made a play for the Vols on
1: Saturday to get that win. I completely agree with that. Ty Chandler looks great catching the ball out of the backfield. You also know he can run it. Um, what worries me the most looking on, though, is it obviously Jonathan Kongbo. Out for the season. Yep. The defense, we already know we don't have an elite SEC defense. They're young, they're growing, and a loss like that really hurts. I'm anxious to see who's going to step up and if they can play well. Yep. Um, I've seen where the true freshman J.J. Peterson was moved from inside to outside, which he's been seems like going back and forth every week. And I don't think they're going to burn his red shirt, which now you get four games. But I feel like we're gonna we might see him a little more this week. Mm -hmm. So. That loss really hurts, but this game, obviously you can't go in there expecting to win, but you want to at least put up a fight. You, I mean, you do, because if you think back when, God forbid, he ever comes back to Tennessee, Lane Kiffin was our head coach. We were we were supposed to lose by like 30-plus, yep. and that was a 12-10 game. And I'm not saying that's what this is going to be by no means, because they Alabama has the best quarterback in college football, in my opinion, and Tua – but if we can at least keep it close, keep it a game, and not make it be just a boat race, just a Alabama running away, I will be thoroughly impressed. I, I
0: don't know what we can expect, and we need to define what a game is. Because this Alabama team is legitimately one of the best teams in the history of college football. I mean, their defense is elite, and now their offense is the best in the country.
1: Whenever you're able to sit your quarterback – Every fourth quarter, and nothing that, changes, and that that says something. Then, and here's the thing with Alabama: they they
0: average over 19 points in the first quarter every game. They have scored on their opening drive in every game this season. So, it, the balls it's not going to be close if the balls come out and let them just march right down the field, or not even march because they just hit you fast with 60 yard passes. And it, I mean, the game will be over before you even blink. Yeah with this team their offense is just that good and combine that with the fact that tennessee secondary is not that good and you have i think a very dangerous cocktail where this is number one uh you're you're clearly beaten in the talent perspective and then i think you're going to get beat in you know strength versus weaknesses because our weaknesses are going to get exploited by tua all day I do not expect this to be a close game. And I don't think that's an indictment on Tennessee. The oh, game definitely. I really want to see is that South Carolina game the week after. Uh, that's the game where, hey, you beat Auburn. Now South Carolina and Auburn will probably have a good game. Should Tennessee and South Carolina should have a good game. That, that would really tell us where we are. But this Alabama team destroys everybody. Yeah, this, I, don't this, think, I don't think this Alabama team is going to lose all season. I'd be no, surprised.
1: No. And this game is, I guess it's to say how far you are. How far away you are. Uh, uh, I mean, but I, what I'm saying is, is I want to approach it, I want this game to feel kind of like the Georgia game did. It's not. I I, th- I I get what
0: you're saying, and I would like for that to happen. But I think Alabama is leaps and bounds ahead of Georgia. Oh, definitely. Georgia just. But I I, I honestly fully expect this to be a complete boat racing from the beginning. I, I expect it to be a 20 point game by the end of the first quarter. I I don't think, and, and that's like I said, that's not an indictment on Tennessee. I just think Alabama is that much better, certainly than Tennessee, but they're that much better than everybody. I don't know if it's going to be a particularly close – All they,
1: they haven't played a close game. I mean, they, they just have it. I just want to see us make Alabama uncomfortable at times. It's not going to happen. That, this offense is not going to uncomfortable. No, I'm just saying what I, I want to see. I get see. that.
0: but I want realistic expectations, and it's not going to happen. This Tennessee team does not have the weapons on either side of the ball to make this Alabama team uncomfortable. They just don't. I think Jared Garantano is going to have to run for his life. On offense. Oh, our O-line's horrible. And their D-line is not. I mean, he's going to be – it's going to look like Marcus Mariota taking 11 sacks. He's got to run. And for a guy who has shown he doesn't necessarily want to drop it and run, even though we all thought he could. Uh, This week, you need to drop it and run yeah, because you're going, going to be on the ground.
1: He needs to. He's going to have to play like he's Josh Dobbs yep. out there making plays with his legs, plain and simple. I, w- I just hope if we can score a couple touchdowns, it's a win for the offense in my book.
0: I agree with that. But I think two is going to score like eight. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you have two true freshmen playing cornerbacks, regardless of how well they've improved or not, it's 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 dangerous going up against a quarterback and offense like that. Yeah, it's
0: going to be um, – I, I hope I'm wrong. Hey, I've been wrong before on this show and in my life plenty of times. But this team is – this Alabama team is ridiculous. And this Tennessee team is getting a lot better, and I think we've all seen that. But they are not anywhere near Alabama's level. They're just not. I mean, Alabama looks like an NFL team running around there right now. They have double-digit draft picks coming. Tennessee doesn't. I just think that fans need to temper their expectations coming no out of a win.
1: No doubt. No doubt. I agree with that. The, the win against Auburn's huge. It, I mean, oh, it huge. absolutely is huge. And that's why I said – and then when, if we get – destroyed,
0: right? If it's 63-14, to 14, the most people will think, wow, that's awful. No. I'm, I'm throwing the game tape out because Alabama's that good. And we're looking at South Carolina now. And the players are going to have to do the same thing. Because the players are going to expect to beat Alabama. They, they, if they don't, then they shouldn't be playing. Yeah. But they're not going to beat Alabama. The
1: fact is, is we went to Auburn and we stole a win. And now we were saying we might win three games all year. Well, yep. we're at three. Yep. It's not outside the realm of possibility now to make a bowl game. If you can beat South Carolina. You don't have to beat South Carolina. No, you don't. But if you can beat a South Carolina, Kentucky, or Vanderbilt, Missouri, you also have Charlotte. There's games in there you. That have you... to beat
0: either. So you have to beat two out of the four. Yes. South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Vanderbilt. You can beat Vanderbilt. Nobody can tell me you can't beat Vanderbilt. So then you need one more. Yep. Kentucky looks beatable now. Missouri's always beatable. And South Carolina's beatable you got to win one of those games if you beat Charlotte and Vanderbilt. You can make a bowl, without yeah. a doubt. And that's a huge, huge success yes. for this season. without a, And then we'll have even a better gauge if we can beat Vanderbilt after that South Carolina game, because South Carolina came out and whipped Vanderbilt all over the field. I mean, I remember that very clearly. So, you, you definitely can win a bowl game, uh, make a bowl game. It won't be a good bowl game, but to make a bowl game this year would be unbelievable. But, first you have Alabama, and... It's gonna be a long afternoon. I'm just, there's just no other way about it. Give me your score prediction, Chase.
1: Um, score prediction for this game. I'm gonna go obviously Bama winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean Wow. That's a <laughs> That's vicious. a shocker right there. <sighs> Ice hot I mean red hot, blazing hot. Uh now I'm gonna go Alabama forty seven, Tennessee seventeen. Twenty
0: 47. 47. thank God. I was
1: twenty seven, Okay. <laughs>
0: seventeen points on that defense.
1: Yeah. I think we I think we score two touchdowns and get a field goal. I think you were wrong. Well that's okay, Noah. That's with, why we with do love, this show. With love. I think this is
0: going to be disgustingly bad. Worse? Worse. Worse. Wow. Give me like sixty three to nine Alabama over Tennessee.
1: Do we get a touchdown and just miss the extra no. point, go for two and fail? What?
0: Three field goals. Oh, okay. and they're long field goals. <laughs> <laughs> they're like forty five yards. But, yeah, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. I mean, you got to get lucky, right? you got to get like a pick six or something. But yeah. Tua doesn't throw interceptions, so he's like the new and improved Marcus Mariota. Segway! All right. Welcome to uh, the sad part of the show, or the angry part, or the confused—I don't know what to call this part. Um, what's going on with the Titans, Chase? Make some sense out of this for me because we thought they were really good. Yeah. They're three and one. Yeah. They just beat the Jaguars. They just beat the Eagles. You beat the Texans and Then you lose to the Bills. Okay, okay, it's NFL. Right. I mean, they won three in a row. So maybe you lose a game. Oh, and then they just come out and make complete fools out of themselves against the Ravens. Twenty one to nothing. The first time in the history of Nissan Stadium that the Titans have been shut out.
1: Congratulations, Vrabel. Congratulations,
0: LaFleur. Congratulations, Taylor LeWan. The thirty two teams in the NFL. You get talked about. <laughs> You give up 11 sacks, you get talked about. So good job. I got, I got to go on this rant a little bit. Um, these players need to keep their mouth shut when they win because they get up here and they talk way too much. And I was reminded of a clip back when the Titans beat the Eagles and they put up Mike Rabel's post-game speech. And he goes, when you lose, say little. When you win, say less. And the group groaned. And then they didn't say less. And they kept talking about respect and how they don't get respect. And in the last two weeks, they have looked like one of the worst teams in the league. He was right. These players, for some reason, think that they're better than they are. Well, good. Here, Here's the news for you. You've gone 9-7 and seven in the last two years. You made a playoff game. You had to endure the worst, one of the worst choke jobs in playoff history performed by the Chiefs because they forgot that they had an all-pro running back just to make the second round to get destroyed by the New England Patriots. You haven't done anything. And now you're three and three. So, pretty much what this means is uh, history tells us this team is an average football team. Just because you came from being three and 13 to becoming an average football team, going from bad to average is fine for a year. But now you're average. You have to take that next step. So, we had a mediocre roster, and now we have an average roster. But we have an average roster where that for some reason thinks that they've earned this elite status which they absolutely have not, and I
1: have a problem with it. Before this season, this roster looked great on paper. In my opinion, it looked great. The expectations were high. I was boasted, but now it's, eh. Our biggest free agent addition in Malcolm Butler has not lived up to the contract. Yeah, uh, uh, you know what? You are setting me up for
0: it. Um, this is not going to get a lot of love, I can't imagine, but John Robinson, why... Do we put him, we meaning Titans fans, on some sort of pedestal like he's the best GM in the history of the league?
1: I think it comes because we – it has to be we dealt with and Webster. I get that. And now we have J-Rob, a guy who's, who's made good moves. He's been aggressive. Um, but – um, Excuse me. Uh, his first big move. He trades out of
0: the first round of the draft. He then takes those picks and gets Derrick Henry, Austin Johnson, and Kevin Dodd how are those playing out for you right now. Oh, you know who he j- left? Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Great move.
1: Then he trades for DeMarco Murray. No, no, on. No, no, I got a no. rant to go on. Well, I got no, a hold r- on. Hold on. Now Come Come back here. You, you say Jared Goff and Wentz. At that yes. time, at that time everybody was still convinced hey, Mario does um, the guy. Go- what's the GM's job? No, I, I To analyze that. talent. I get that. That's his
0: job. I so first that. of all, that's his first move. Not exactly just the greatest move ever. Second, he trades DGB DeMarco Murray. Great move for one year. DeMarco Murray is no longer playing in the NFL. He then trades for Josh Klein. Great move for one year. Now the interior of this offensive line looks like one of the worst in the league. They gave up 11 sacks. So yeah, great move there. Let's look at his draft classes. I argue he's had two picks that have been proven to be good draft picks in three years. Two picks. Kevin Byard and Adoree Jackson. The third, you could say, well maybe Derek Henry yeah the dude who doesn't know that he's 250 pounds and can't run downfield. okay after that Corey Davis, he's had one good game in two years in the regular season. one good game. He has one regular season touchdown. Don't t- he, we sit up here yes, he got us out of the Rustin Webster days of going 2 and 14 and three and 13. Respect where it's due but this is his first time being an NFL GM and he's gone nine and seven, nine and seven and now his team is three and three. This offensive line is atrocious. The running backs don't look very good right now. The wide receiving core, I understand that Rashard Matthews left, but, dude, make a trade or something because they are bad. They're just doubling – teams are just doubling Corey Davis and saying, okay, Tajay Sharp, good luck. Try to beat yeah, us. Yeah, and
1: that's why that's why I'm trying not to hold too much stock in Davis only have one good game because with Walker being out, there's no threat on offense other than Davis. And but, like you said, Tajay Sharp's not good enough to beat
0: anyone. And then you mentioned it on the other side of the ball. Malcolm Butler looks like – and I'm not exaggerating, the worst cornerback in football. I mean, if he guards Keenan Allen on Sunday in London, Keenan Allen, you might as well book it. He's going to have 87 fantasy points. I mean, he's going to have <laughs> – he's going to go for 150-plus. Because unlike Michael Crabtree last week, he's not just going to tiptoe out of bounds. He's going to catch the ball, turn up field, and go. And Malcolm Butler, not knowing what planet he's on out there, is going to get destroyed by that. I want to see a Dory Jackson on on uh, Keenan Allen every day of the week. Oh, but then Mike Williams. So pretty much if you got a Chargers wide receiver this week, start him. If you got Melvin Gordon this week, start him because this run defense sucks too. It just does. So John Robinson gets a lot of flack. But in addition to that, we all said that Mike Malarkey needed to be fired, mainly because he wouldn't fire Terry Rubisky. But then I also sat up here, and I don't know if you remember this, one of our first episodes, and I said, you fire a coach who went 9-7 and seven and won a playoff game. You want a playoff game for the first time in 10 years? And then you cannot take a step back. And the last two weeks, this team has taken a step back. Yep. And, he, and I also told you, he's not going to come under fire. It's not Mike Vrabel. It's John Robinson. Because he put his guy in there now. And this roster, this offense is worse than it was last year under Terry Rubisky, and you can't tell me differently. The stats back it up. Marcus Mario has four, has four interceptions and two touchdowns. Compare that to Phillip Rivers, 15 touchdowns and three interceptions.
1: Yeah. But...
0: I, John Robinson has been fine. He is not an elite general manager. He could maybe get there one day. It's kind of the Deshaun Watson thing. Maybe he could get there one day. But our fan base just puts him up like, oh, yes, it's John Robinson. He and can I feel, do no feel, wrong. And I feel
1: like it's not only the fact that he got us out of the Russ and Webster days, but he's from Tennessee. Um, and then everybody – my thing is, is everybody puts too much stock in guys that come from New England and the Belichick yeah. tree and all that. There, you put too much stock in that because – I would argue that Andy Reid's coaching trees had more success than Belichick's. Yep, he has. It's just –
0: so I got to get that rain out about John Robinson. And I know people are still going to be because it's kind of that Tennessee balls effect we talked about where until the fan base magically decides that they need to go, the person can do no wrong. But then once they decide he needs to go, he can do no right. Uh, It's kind of the same effect with John Robinson and any Titans coach, player, GM – but I just think he's vastly overrated and we need to maybe say, hey, maybe this guy isn't as amazing as we thought he was. Because the goal was not to be nine and seven. The goal should be to win a Super Bowl. And it's entirely possible that John Robinson is a nine and seven GM.
1: He he very well may he very well may be. My thing is is okay, you have the Raiders looking to trade Amari Cooper. Yep. They won a first. A few weeks ago I might have said go for it. But now our first might be a good pick. Golden Tate, is he available? I don't know. You at least inquire about him. And then you have guys on the free agent market like Dez Bryant. Is he elite? Probably not. But is he better than Tajay Sharp? I would like or to Nick think so. Nick Williams. And then you have Jeremy Macklin. Yeah, I would love Jeremy Macklin. You have these guys that are available right now who realistically I don't think you would have to pay that much money for. Yep. But instead. just sit there. You're just content with what you got. You have guys, we can't even score. We can't even
0: score in half the games this season. 3 out of 6, the Titans have not scored a touchdown. It's and, ridiculous. And then that leads us into our next point. We sat here all offseason praising the hire of Matt LaFleur. I have been thoroughly unimpressed with Matt LaFleur. He has I don't I'm dumbfounded watching him call plays at times. I mean, it just makes no sense. It's like there's no adjustments happening. There it, and he had never called plays before. So it's a learning period, but why are we? Call- we're down twenty-one, and we're calling draws on thirty-nine out of the shotgun. It's like they're what? scared to throw the football downfield. Period. And the one time we have thrown the football down the field, it worked. It worked against the Eagles. It's the one day, one game all year that we have thrown the ball down the field. Matt Lafleur has just—I I don't know what you think of you. Can tell me what you think about it, but I just. I can't believe how bad he's been. Because this this offense looks worse than it did under Terry Rabisky. That's unbelievable. How is that possible, that it looks worse under LaFleur than Terry Rabisky? Should, that should not and be the case. The biggest reason for it is give all the you know flack you want to to Mike Malarkey, and he deserves it in Terry Rabisky. But this team had an identity under them. They're going to hit you in the mouth. This team right now has no identity. It, it just doesn't. And you need to have one in the NFL. It has. N- there's, you don't know what this team's about.
1: No. And it's not going to get better this week. Oh, if, we, no. if, if, we, if we somehow miraculously won against the Chargers, that awesome. would be the most Titans thing ever. O- awesome. But then you're not going to convince me that we can do that on a consistent basis.
0: Nope. No way. And, and if you look at the schedule, we talked about how the schedule gets easier at the end. Um, there's one team left on the schedule that doesn't have a winning record or is at 500. It's Indianapolis. It doesn't get much easier. And unless. I can't even say we're going to beat them. No. I'll... Andrew Luck? He's got our number. Come on, he'll slice up this secondary, Malcolm. But- my man catch no balls. Yeah, somebody tell that to Michael Butler. My man catch every ball. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, especially on third down. The the performance that they had on third down on Sunday was unbelievably unacceptable.
1: My biggest thing is is this is a football team. You're playing professional football. Wow. And the Predators that. score more than you do. That's what blows my mind. Yeah. A hockey team is scoring more than you do. Yep. 21 to nothing? Okay, the Ravens have a good pass rush, but you can't even score? Okay, credit where it's due. The Ravens' defense is
0: legit. I mean, it's top five in the league. It's legit. Yeah, but you can't even score. But the offense of the Titans was inept. I mean, they couldn't do anything. And it wasn't 11
1: sacks. 11? If we end up with a top 10 pick this year, top 15 even, we better trade up and draft a quarterback. Or something. No, if, sir. If Mariota does no. not improve. Wrong. No, like, if Mariota. Wrong. I'm saying if Mariota doesn't improve. Wrong. If Mariota improves, Wrong. great. But, but you ha, you have Wrong. to do something. You either have to move on from Wrong. quarterback or you have to get weapons, Wrong. fix the line, do whatever it is you need to do. But as of right Wrong. now, as of right now, sir. depending on what we do in free agency, I'm not 100% sir. convinced. No, I'm not 100% convinced Mariota is the guy to lead this okay. team. Okay. I'm not either. But if you have a top ten
0: pick and you don't draft a left guard, I'm rioting. Because that is the – Quentin Spain sucks. Well, it depends. Like I said, it depends what we do. I know in, that's – It depends what we do in free agency. Okay, that's not in-depth analysis. I understand that. But Quentin Spain sucks. dude. slow off the line. He doesn't get any push. He gets bullied into the backfield. The left guard position is number one. And then after that, right guard position. Because Josh Klein sucks. And after that, center. Because Ben Jones I really liked him first year, but now sucks, okay? That's the things that got to be No, fixed. Our, our, lines, our line's terrible. The book end tackles. Jack Conklin, Taylor Lewan, fine. We need a new right guard, left guard, and center. That is priority number one. And then you need a wide receiver, and that's when you go into free agency because we do not need another young wide receiver that's unproven. We need a proven veteran wide receiver who can slide into that Rashard Matthews role and catch the balls and let them stop double-teaming Corey Davis. I mean, that's just the bottom line. We have to have somebody to take the attention off of Corey Davis. Delaney Walker will help when he comes back. Um, You're also going to have to think about drafting a tight end because Johnny Smith, what sucks? Yeah, pretty much. He has been – Luke Stalker's looked better at tight end than Johnny Smith has, and Luke Stalker's not good. I mean, I cringe every time they announce the starting lineup and Luke Stalker comes out in the starting lineup for this team. I cringe about it. But, yeah, I, I'm with you on Mariota, but 2020 is when the cream of the quarterback class comes out. I mean, it's loaded, mainly with Tua, which is like new and improved Mariota. So,
1: I'm okay with waiting on a quarterback if you can get your line together immediately. That's number if, one. If, that, if we're able to get the line together, I'll do it with Mariota for another year, but if he does not start showing signs, man, if he does not – he what year is it? I can't remember. Four? Four. And I still have questions? We took you number two overall? Yeah. I can't deal with this no more. I get that. All right. I mean,
0: whatever. I'm, I've had enough. I've had it. I'm, I'm done with the Titans. You Let's know.
1: move on to the one team who just. They win. Uh, they do what they're supposed to do. The Nashville Predators yeah. are the best team in the NHL. And they have a great GM.
0: Yeah, they do. They have a great GM and a great coach, without a doubt. Um I'm sorry, they're the second best team in the NHL. Toronto is lighting it up, whatever. Congratulations. But the Predators are 5-1. and one, And you really can't complain about much right now with this team. They lost 3-0 in Calgary, and then they came back and beat Winnipeg 3-0. Yeah. I'd rather beat Winnipeg 3-0, and I would take a loss to Calgary. I mean, they're, they're just good.
1: And they've got Calgary coming up, so.
0: Yeah, revenge game tomorrow night, Friday night. But there's not much to say about the Preds right now. There's nothing to complain about. They're The defense is great. Pekka's playing great. UC Soros is playing great. They're splitting starts. And, and that's
1: how we thought we'd, we'd see this yeah. going. And it's just been
0: the ideal start to the season. They're putting themselves in. I mean, the season really starts with the Preds in April. But They're going to make the playoffs. So it's all about seeding, getting that home ice advantage. Not that the president's
1: trophy matters, clearly. but and what's crazy is. You take home ice. Is once Austin Watson's back from his suspension, they get better. Yep, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's just there's talent
0: all up and down the lineup on offense and defense and then in goal two I mean UC Soros is really good Pecca Rene is elite UC Soros has elite level talent he could be elite soon and so, he's learning
1: and like you said he's learning by one of the best ever exactly
0: it so it's just yeah that's how it's done all the other teams in our state need to pay attention to the Preds because they do it the right way that's how it's done and that's all I The Predators are just really good.
1: (laughs) There's not much to say about them. No, there's not. So moving on to our talk about something else. Let's talk about some MLB playoffs, Noah. I don't want to. (laughs) I don't don't really want to either, but... I don't want to. I want to go home. (laughs) So did the
0: Braves. Oh, sorry. Too Too soon? soon. Too soon?
1: Very too soon. But how about these Dodgers and Brewers, the Red Sox and Astros... It's just it's it's very good for the game to have two entertaining series like this. Yeah. But coming down to it, no, I'd like to hear your opinion on who you think is going to be representing the AL and the NL. Red Sox Dodgers next. <laughs> that was
0: I mean, bad. I mean, you really think the MLB is going to allow Houston versus Milwaukee when they could have LA versus Boston? No way. It's going to be Dodgers versus Red Sox. They're both 1-1 away from doing it. uh, come on and that series is going to be awful because boston's going to roll them but it's
1: fine (laughs) if it was ideal if you were having the two best teams yeah it'd be the boston and astros in my opinion no doubt about it yeah but you can't because the way oh yeah because the way the league works yeah (laughs) the rules i would love i would love it's not going to happen but i'd love to see this astros red sox series go to seven Mm -hmm. i just would it's great for baseball it's entertaining but really, I want the Dodgers to get to the World Series, right? Just so they can lose. And I want them to get to Game Seven, and I want Machado to strike out and be the reason they lose I would, with the bases loaded. I would actually rather see them bring Kershaw in in like the tenth
0: inning because it's extra innings, and they bring Kershaw in, and then he gets jacked, <laughs>
1: my <laughs> a walk off shot. I'm just, I'm just, man, I'm so sick of Machado. I'm so sick of hearing about him. Um, and then, ladies and, and gentlemen, then, and then, if you couldn't tell, um, Chase is a little
0: bit bitter still because Manny Machado um just toyed with our Braves. Let me let me tell you, let me
1: give you a little insight. So we go to game 4 of the NLDS, Braves Dodgers. Right. And there's this cocky Dodgers fan right below us. Machado gets up in the first inning, uh, top of the first and hits that a uh, RBI single. Mm-hmm. Or RBI double rather. And he turns around with this Waving his Dodgers jersey, yelling "Go Dodgers! Go Machado! Go! Go! Go!" So I get the bright idea a few innings later because I've had enough of it. Machado gets up there to bat, <laughs> and I'm like, "Machado sucks," you know. And uh, what's he do? Cranks it. Three run homer. So <laughs> I'm Perfect sick and timing. I'm sick and tired of hearing about Machado. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of it. Okay. But yeah, you're right. It's probably gonna be Dodgers socks. Yep. You good? You get it out? I'm recovering, yeah. Okay. Hey, you've been the in... first step is admitting you have a problem. I'm glad
0: you've gotten to that point. <laughs> I really am. All right, so good news, the balls are not as bad as we thought we were. Bad news. The Titans are way worse than we thought they were. Preds, solid. Like always. That's that's a good recap, I think. I love your recaps, <laughs> there Noah. You go. There you go. All right. So like I said, follow us on Twitter at TN Like us on Facebook, Tennessee Talk. Give us five stars. Subscribe on iTunes. If you're listening through 106.9 Kicks Country, welcome again. We're so excited to be affiliated with them now. And we will talk to you all next week, hopefully with better news, especially about the Titans. Have a great week, everybody.